Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good evening. It is, uh, it is great, great to be here tonight. If you, uh, if you don't know me, um, then you're missing out. No, if you don't know me, uh, my name is Ben, and um, along with my wife, Lynn, we actually uh, we lead our church plant down in uh, London, which is really, really exciting. So we moved just over a year ago. In fact, it was the week after Reach, uh, which is coming up next weekend. Um, we relocated. We, we rented out our flat here. We moved our jobs. <laughs> we brought James Angus along with us for, for the ride. And uh, it's, been, it's been a great, a great year. Um, prior to that, we were in, you know, we've been in church for, for years. I've been part of Global now 14 years. Lynn, a few years less. That's because she's less holy than I am. Um, and uh, between us, we did the academy for five years combined. I, I did three. She did two. Anyway. Why am I telling you this? It's, it's to give you a little bit of context uh, for the message that I'm going to bring. Um, just, it's sometimes helpful to hear that things don't happen instantly. I know we've just been talking about things happening instantly, and that's because God can make things happen instantly, but sometimes he takes us on a journey. And, uh, and for myself and Lynn and for a lot of us in here, we've been on a journey over years that have seen us, you know, kind of be doing different things, serving on different teams, doing different jobs, kind of in church, out of church, and, um, and over time it seasons us. And, um, and so you might be believing for something this evening, and it might not happen. And that's okay if it doesn't happen, because we have a saying in global, stick with us, and we'll do you good. But more than that, stick with God, and he'll change your life. So, you know, we've had an awesome year, and, uh, uh, and I wanted to give a bit of a flavor, because we're a church planting movement. And next week at REACH, our church planting summit, you'll be hearing from Dave and Shelley, our senior leaders, as well as other, others of the, on the leadership team talking about the vision and the mission of the church and the plans coming up. And, um, and so I want to give you just a quick flavor of what we've been doing down in London, because London, when you're in Yorkshire, God's own county, can seem quite far away. It's only one hour 50 on the train, so feel free to come visit. Um, but we've had, a, we've had a great year. Just uh, if you flash through like the social ones. Yeah, so we, we started, we had no, <laughs> we moved, we had no friends. So we had to go make some friends. That was our first job. And we, uh, we joined some fitness clubs. We have built a great gang of people um, being regular where you're regular. So we regularly, you know, we go and we hang out with people. We go for coffees, we go for drinks, we go for parties, we do parties. We did one in July and uh, 35 people came. It was amazing. Um, and you think we're building, because we're building community. We don't build a service, we build community. That's how people will get to know Jesus. That's how lives get changed. And then we topped it off in August when we did our first service. And, uh, and this was great. This, there was a gang that came down from York. We had some people come from London. Um, Matt and Anna from uh, Barbican did a great acoustic worship set. And uh, it was just a brilliant brilliant night. We got a great venue that they initially quoted us £1,500, and then they gave it to us for free. Get in. So we're back there this month. And, um, and you know, it's great. We're going to be doing church there once a month on the last Saturday night of every month. So uh, again, you're all welcome. Come down. You know, there's cars going from York down for that. So 
come and join the adventure and come and see what, come and, come and, you know, come and visit us. It's brilliant. So we've had a great, a great year, um, but it didn't start off great. We moved, we got all the furniture in, and then that night, I'm, you know, we, we get in, we're trying to shuffle things around to bring some order to the chaos uh, that is house moving. For those who move house, you know what it's like. And uh, we had a glass table, so me and James, we're shuffling this glass table along. You know what? You, John Hardy knows you shouldn't shuffle a glass table. Why? Because it smashes. <laughs> Except it doesn't just smash, because that would be one thing, to smash a glass table. You're only a genius if you smash it with a tub of paint on top. Yes! So paint went everywhere, and I could see our deposit on our flat ebbing away as the paint went through the floorboards. But anyway, um, thankfully we weren't looking for a sign or an omen, otherwise we'd have packed up our car and come back to York. Um, but we moved, and uh, we'd kind of, I'd been told by my work, you can't move. Uh, you have a Yorkshire-based role, so you can't, you know, you can't do that from London. I was like, sure I can, I'll work from home, I'll work from home in York, I'll work from home in London, where's the, where's the problem? Apparently they saw a problem, so my boss said you can't move. Anyway, thankfully she got promoted. Awesome. My new boss was like, yeah, no worries, like, you know, just go down there, you just don't get a London wage. <clears throat> so, and then, uh, and Lynn was commuting up to Scarborough when we first went. Why am I telling you all of this? It's because we've had an amazing year, and it's been full of ups and downs. And the ups have been epic and the downs have been learns. But all the way through, we stood on a scripture. Um, and we really stood on it because it was one of those, God, if you don't turn up, we are stuffed. Yeah? Stuffed is the PG version. Um, I'll let you fill in the alternative. Matthew 6, 31, 30, uh, Matthew 6, 31 to 34 is the scripture, or one of the key ones that we really stood on. And it says, so do not worry. <laughs> you could just stop there. Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans, those who aren't Jewish, who don't know God, run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, and it repeats, do not worry about tomorrow, for, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And you know, we stood on that because we were like, God, we're moving not to get great jobs, not to, not to get a nice swanky flat, not to, to do any of that. Or even, you know, for the, the thing of saying, well, we live in London now, look how great. Like, we're not doing it for any of that because it's hassle and it's aggro and it's scary because we're stepping out in faith to start a church in a place we've never lived in before. And you think that is crazy. But I was like, no, 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 but God, your word says that I'm not to worry. And when I put your kingdom first and I try to live your way, everything I need, everything you know that I need, gets added, added to me. And I'm going to take you at your word. And after we moved, I was traveling back up to York for a bit, see, uh, see family, see church, and uh, go to work. <laughs> and I um, and, uh, went for coffee with Tom Smith. And, um, and I was a bit like, you know, it's a bit like we'd woken up the day after we moved to London, and it was a little bit like waking up the morning after the night before, and you go, oh no, have we, have, we've done it. Like, this isn't a holiday. Like, we're not going back. Someone lives in our flat. Like, we can't just... Uh... And, and I was like, Tom, I think we're mad. Like, I think we're crazy. And he's like... And you know how Tom's really, like, kind? He's like, you are. He's like, you've got to be. 
if you're going to take God's, God at his word. There has to be a bit that puts aside kind of logic and reason and say, no, I'm going to stand in faith, which is trusting in what I can't see, which is hoping for what has yet to happen. It defies all the safety blankets because you're saying, God, if you don't turn up, we're stuffed. That is faith. The great thing is, true to his word, he does turn up. And, uh, and so what topped off a great year is we both got amazing jobs. Um, Lynn's currently, she's not here tonight because she's working in uh, one of the most sought-after hospitals in the country for doctors to work in, doing her dream discipline of pediatrics. It's absolutely amazing. That's the culmination of a nine-year dream. Um, what she started two weeks ago, her new job. Uh, we've got James, James Angus here. James moved down. He was temping. Um, he is now a product developer. Not that we really know what that means. But he's a product developer for Radley, one of the country's top fashion labels. All I can see from his Instagram at work is he drinks beer and like, looks at dogs. I'm like, mate, can I get a job there? Um, and uh, and uh, Kerry-Ann moved down as well in, in the new uh, Christmas. And um, was temping, was doing supply teaching, and they were so impressed with her. They said, we know you've got a job interview somewhere else, but we'd love to keep you permanently. And um, you know what? We want to keep you so much, we'll let you choose what your salary bracket will be, and we'll match it, like we'll meet it. And you think, God, you are so good. But none of this would have happened if we hadn't have stepped out. None of this would have happened if we hadn't have gone on the journey. You see, tonight I'm talking about being made for more. And, uh, and I'm just going to, I've only got one point. It's really simple. It's you are made for more. But if we don't move into what God's got for us, we'll never know. And there's a saying, go from safe to, uh, yeah, safe to scary. And it's that if you're, we've got this huge potential, but if we don't move out of our comfort zone, And what's convenient for us into what God's got for us will never reach that potential. And you may say, well, Ben, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I like to have things thought through. I like to have an Excel spreadsheet. I like to have lists. I like to have it all tick-boxed. I say, well, you don't have to have it thought through. Because when you give your life to Jesus, you're no longer in charge. He is. And guess what? He does have it thought through. He's got it all covered. He says that all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. It's in Romans. And, and you're like, all right. And it takes the pressure off. But I'm going to hang tonight's talk off um, a story in Mark. So we're going to go to Mark 10, 46, 52 uh, in the NIV. And it says, then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man, cheer up on your feet. Cheer up's always a, a, anyway, we'll move on. It's a strange, strange thing. Uh, Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. 
Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. So, as I said, my my only point tonight is the only thing that you need to really take away. It is, you are made for more. The blind man was made for more, but the situation that he was in was preventing him from doing anything. He was, the story picks him up, sat by the roadside, not working, not with a family, not with friends. In fact, when he cries out, he gets shouted down because he's sidelined and he's on the fringe. But he is made for more. And there was something in him, there was something in his mind that when he hears Jesus, he must have heard the stories of Jesus because he goes, he starts crying out because he knows this guy can change my situation. This guy can change my life. You see, you're made for more, but it all starts in your head. Not because it's like, oh, I need to think positively. I'm not talking positive thinking is uh, helpful but useless. Work that one out. It's that, do you, do you want what God's got for you? So we can say, oh, you know, that sounds great. You know, I've got huge dreams. I've got dreams to start a business. But I just, you know, it's just so much effort. And I see other people who start businesses. They work all the time. And you know what? I might just, I might just leave it. And, and in your mind, you've already, you've shut it off. You see, you might want what God's for, got for you, but you might not want to pay the price to get what God's got for you. So you say, so we say yes, but really it's a no. It's a yes with our mouths and it's a no with our, with our actions. Why? Because it's easier to just not. It's easier for us to stay as we are. It's a lot less hassle. But that man pushed through. And, uh, and it was great because then he goes to Jesus and he says, and Jesus says, what do you want me to do? Like, what do you want me to do for you? Now, the guy's a blind beggar. So it should be obvious, you know, and Jesus is the, the, the son of God, the creator of heaven and earth. He was there at the beginning of time, and he'll still be there at the end of time. He's the author of time. So, so surely he spotted this man's ailment. But the thing is, the, the, it, what he wants for this man to do is ask for um, is to, is to articulate what he wants. So we can say, oh, it's, it's I want a business, or I want, um, I want to reach my friends, or I want a great family life, or I want a pay rise, whatever it is. But it's that the first thing is, do you ask God for it? Have you asked Jesus for it? Or is it just we go to work day in, day out, and we chunter about how rubbish things are, but we never actually take it to the one who, could, who has the power to change those things? Now, Jesus then replies, and what he says changes everything. He says, your faith has healed you. Your faith. Whose faith heals the man? His. Your faith has healed you. It's because in my notes it says, get them to say it. 
You know when you read your notes and you think, I, shouldn't just, I just shouldn't read my notes. I should go totally off piece. So here's the thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to leave that for a second. Here's the thing. Really bright light. <laughs> um, here's the thing. It wasn't the faith of Jesus that healed the man. It was the man's faith in Jesus. So whatever it is that you're believing for, you won't get it because of the faith of Jesus. It's already been won at the cross by the blood of Jesus. He has won. He has broken every chain and he has, he has broken every hold on your life. Every limitation, every mind battle has been broken. Every ailment has been broken by the blood of Jesus. Now it's up to us to use our faith to get his victory. Whatever you need today, tomorrow, as you go forwards in faith, whatever you need is already available to you. We just need to have the faith to access it. It's amazing. So back to when I was talking about London, do you take God at his word? When he says, seek first the kingdom and its righteousness and everything else is added to you. So you don't need to worry. Do we actually believe that? Like, do we actually? And, it's, and it should bring an ouch because it's like, oh no, damn. <laughs> In church, we say we are Christ-centered. And uh, it's one of our values and to love God. We're Christ-centered, Bible-based, mission-focused, spirit-led. There we go. I was going to get you to say it, but I, you know, I, I know that you're already all, all over it. Um, we say that we're Christ-centered, but do we actually know what being Christ-centered means? You see, I thought I did, to be honest, and then we moved <laughs> to London, <laughs> where I'm like, God, if you don't turn up, we're stuffed. And all of a sudden, I learned a whole new level of what it is to be Christ-centered. It's, it's suddenly where you're, where you're so desperate for, to, to, to be like, God, you've, you've got to be there, and you've, you've, you've got to, like, this is, if you don't turn up, we, it just won't work. But we want it to work, so turn up. Your word says you will. Um, so what does it mean? It means to be part of his mission. When Jesus came, he came with one sole mission. It was to reunite people with God the Father. That was it. That was, that was why he trained 12 people to change the world. Well, there are 2 billion Christians on the planet today. It is the world's largest religion, a third of the population. I know the media say the church is dying. The media is nonsense. Um, I work in media, and I can tell you it's nonsense. Um, and it isn't. Why? Because God is alive and kicking, and his church is making inroads. We, in fact, recently, we got a, a letter, um, an email from some church leaders in Battersea, where we're, we're based with, uh, with Global London, and, um, and they said, oh, it'd be great to meet you, because there's a number of, a number of plural church plants in Battersea alone in London. And we were like, that is amazing, because there are new churches springing up. Our vision is, we want to reach influencers. You reach we, if we reach the capital city, we know that London is like a global city, but we want to make London a global city. Because if we can, if we can reach London, we can change the nation. Now, that might be too big. And so take it all the way back from that and say, no, no, you reach your neighborhood. You reach your neighbors. You reach your street. You have changed a community. It is amazing. But it's putting God's mission first. 
That's what Christ-centered means. I'm going to boil it down even more. It's putting his church first. Because when you look through the New Testament, Jesus is going to use the church to reach people. When he gave us the Great Commission at the end of all the Gospels, he said, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Well, where do people get, where do people get discipled in church? Where do they get baptized in church? So, so actually, what's the vehicle that God's using to accomplish the mission that he gave his one and only son for? It's the church. I'm getting all excited. So, because <clears throat> I've had 15 black coffees. No, it's because this changes lives. I didn't grow up in church. I was 19 when I became a Christian. I'm now 34. It has, over 15 years, transformed my life. It's not just transformed my life. It's, it's set me up with my marriage. It's set me up in my career. Um, not that I even know what my career is. But, you, you know, because it's, but it's set, it sets, it, tran- it just changes lives. And I think Vicky said that right at the start. But, but this is how we're Christ-centered. We, we focus on his mission. We make his mission our mission because we're commissioned through the Great Commission. So we do that through church. So let me boil it down even more. What does that mean to put his church first? Book on reach. Really simple. But next week, we're going to hear about the vision and the mission and the plans for the church for the next 12 months from our senior leaders. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be inspiring. There's going to be time of worship and prayer. There's going to be amazing teaching from people who've traveled from different continents to come to your grace course, to talk to us as global church planting movement. Like, that is amazing. It's being part of a team. It's saying, actually, you know what? I think we could do uh, a church plant in my part of York. I want to chat to somebody about how we'd go about starting that. I mean, I love what Rich and Selena are doing in Clifton. Like, we see it on, on, on Instagram, and it's, it's amazing. And we see the different dinner parties every week, and it's inspiring. Why? Because we're reaching our communities. That is what Christ-centered looks like. We sometimes think, well, I'll become a Christian. What it means is that God's for me, and so I'm going to get a great life, and I'm going to get a great salary. And, you know, God, doesn't, God wants me to look really good, because then if I look really good, other people will look at me and go, wow, you believe in God, and you look really good, so maybe that's how it works. And you think, no, that's not, that's not how it works. We can look good. Now, we all know that what you see on Instagram is different to what is in reality, yeah? But... But we can look good, we can have great jobs and great families and great marriages and great incomes and great cars and all the rest of it, but that is a byproduct. That is because God is so good that when you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, he won't just give you what you need, he'll give you more. Why? Because he's a generous and loving father. It is amazing. We sum all of this up with a simple saying, it's God's word God's way. It's just God's word. God's way. Are we, are we crazy enough to take God at his word and stand on it? Or are we just playing at faith? Oh, I'll turn up to church. Yeah, I'll go to dinner party. You know, it's nice. And I didn't really like the worship this week. Oh, I wasn't too sure about this. I wasn't, you know, I'm a bit busy next week, so I'll give it a miss. No, no, no. That's playing. 
that, that, might, that might feel good. It might work for you. It might work for your diary. It might work for your kids. It might work for your family. It might work for your job. But you know what? It won't change your life. And at the end of, at the, end of the day, without Jesus, we're just playing a club. With Jesus, we're, seeing, we're not just seeing our lives transformed. We're seeing our kids' lives, and we're seeing our community's lives. That's the power of the gospel. Last week, Andy said, let's get on the same page as God. In the light of this, I'd say, don't, don't just get on the same page. Get in line, because he's the king. He's the king of all kings. He's the name above every name. He has no equal, and he has no rival. So why would we think that our plans are better than his? Seek first the kingdom and its righteousness. Ephesians 3.20 in the message. I love the message. This morning I described the message as the, um, the, son, of the, the son of the Bible. You know how like, you have, you have your, your nice newspapers and then you have your son? So the message is, is a bit like that. Um, it just puts it in very plain English. It's not academic. It's not highbrow. It just says it as it is. And this is what it says in Ephesians, Ephesians 3.20 to 21. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently with, uh, yeah, within us. And you see, it's because when we put our trust in God, and I mean, I don't just mean, yeah, 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 you know, I turn up to church and, hey, yeah, Jesus, you know, you're great, blah, blah, blah. Let's go to the Biltmore and have a drink. I mean, when you put your trust in God and you say nothing, nothing but nothing comes above. Nothing, not kids, not, not, not spouse, not business, nothing. Jesus, you are absolutely number one. It's because when you do that, you remove that you move from what you can do and your potential to what he can do and his potential. You go from your limitations to his limitations, and his limitations are limitless. It is amazing. I was saying that. Um, you know, we want to reach influencers as, as global, and, um, and that was really what was behind kind of uh, the plan for London. Dave and Shelley had talked about it. We've talked, you know, we want to go to lots of cities as global, um, and we want to go to capital cities. But we just had a real crazy, you know, we just had, it was just a crazy thought. It was like, we could do London. I mean, it made no sense. We were in the process of buying, uh, buying a place in York, but we were like... <sighs> You know what? But, but God, <laughs> but God, and um, and I talked about jobs, and I said that you know Lynn is is now one of the most sought after. She's actually working in one of the most affluent and influential places, which is an incredible place and a huge learning curve. Because when you move into what God's potential is, everything starts to change. You start living at a different level. I don't mean financially. I don't mean um, I, I don't mean you know I don't. I don't mean in, in the car that you drive. Things like that will, may change over time. But I mean just the level that you're living at, the people that you're meeting, the opportunities that you get. Why? Because he's now in charge. Like the people that we're coming into contact with, it's incredible. But we've had to step out. And we've had to put things aside 
to do it. And there was no guarantee when we first did it that it would work other than what God's word said. You see, God looks at us like a parent looks at a child. A parent looks at their child with love and they want the best for them. But if you're a parent in here, and I'm not, and I'm not even going to be anytime soon, just to kill that, that thought. But some of my friends are parents, and so uh, by chatting to them, no, by chatting, you know, you see a parent is willing their child to do well, is willing them to get on, is willing them to do well at school and be good and make friends and, because you know the potential that's in them. And you want to set them up for as much success as you possibly can. But ultimately, the responsibility sits with them. Ultimately. If they don't want to work at school, it doesn't matter how much you do the reading with them and you help them with the homework, there's at some point it goes, it falls to them. And it's the same with us. Jesus has done everything. He didn't just die at the cross to pay the price for all of us, so that we don't have to live the perfect life, because he did. We get in on his credit. He then gave us his spirit. And he said to the disciples, you will do even greater things, because you have my spirit living within you. And if you're a Christian in here tonight who's baptized, you have his spirit. That is amazing. That is life-transforming. but it's according to your faith. Your faith has healed you. So my question tonight is, has your faith, do you have the faith to reach your potential? Do you have, do you have the faith to heal you? I don't want to get up to heaven and find that I missed out on the plan. That God had an amazing plan. Jeremiah 29, 11 talks about it. Amazing plans to prosper us, to give us a hope and a future. I don't want to get to heaven and find that God had this amazing plan, but somewhere along the line, I didn't have the, the guts or the courage or the faith to step out. And when I should have said yes, I said no, and it puts me on a different, a different way. I don't want to find that I've missed out. You see, we're, we're all made for more. And we've been positioned by God in this church, in this city, in our neighborhoods, on our streets, in our workplaces. And it's awesome. But it sits with us. God has amazing plans for us, and Jesus has done everything that needs to be done for us to access those. Now it sits with us. Do we have the faith? Are we willing to take the step? Do we have the courage? From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 